You're listening to the Doers Podcast right here on the Doers Network. And now, here's your host, Donald Robinson II. Well, welcome everyone to the Doers Network. I'm Donald Robinson II, your host. And on the line for this episode, we have the fabulous, the legend, the wonderful Miss Monica Wheat. How you how you doing? I'm doing really well, thank you. You're so humble. I know you're humble. You know, I know you don't like all of that, but I had to pump you up because for you out there listening, you got to listen. This is a young woman who is on the move and has been on the move and native Detroiter, and she's come back to help our city in terms of tech and everything that's going on, business and everything else. So, Monica, let's start off with you, who you are, where you grew up, and uh, you know some of your his previous history before you came to where you are today. Sure. Um, so I was born in Pontiac, uh, Michigan which is about 30 minutes north of the city. Um, I grew up and did elementary there and had a brief stint in um, California. And then um, I went to high school in Southfield, actually, uh, and graduated from there and went to school at the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor. Um, I've been on and off in the tech space in the Metro Detroit area um, pretty much the whole portion of my career. Okay. What, What got you involved with tech? What brought your interest into the tech industry? Um, I think one of the things was when I was in school, I was really, really good at math and science. And so everyone told me I should be an engineer. Um, and that's what I went to school for at the University of Michigan. I was um, thought I was going to be an engineer, but I honestly didn't like it. It didn't fit all the parts of my personality. It was just a portion of my personality. I could do computers with coding um, pretty early. Um, I had done high-level, um, college-level mathematics and science, all that kind of stuff early on. And then when I went to school, um, my parents didn't have the money to send me to school, so I had to work my way through school. So I worked full time from when I was 19 on, um, and I was a manager almost within my first year. And um, but doing the work of an engineer at an early age was what helped me see that it wasn't a fit for me. Um, there was parts of it that were very slow, and there was parts of it that were very um, that just didn't appeal to all of my personality and all of my strengths. Um, there were other parts of it that I loved. I loved that I worked for I worked for General Motors and Ford, both formally and informally as part of their agency teams. Um, I've worked and had internships um, here and overseas and in Chicago. I worked for GM Shanghai as um, as a I guess a we call it a co-op or whatever. Um, I had some amazing experiences very early on, but all those experiences, I was happier to be in Shanghai than I was to be in Shanghai as a potential working engineer. Um, and for me, I knew that the, while the people that were there and happy, you know, thinking that they'd hit the top of their career, I was just knowing that that was the exact opposite for me. Um, I was good with people. I was really great with strategy and large scale, like look, looking at connections and, 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 and points like that as part of where my, my degree was going to focus on industrial operations engineering. So large scale operations management is a, a had out long been a strength of mine. And they put me in a role um, as a, uh, on the corporate engineering team. Um, and that was, at, I think it was at Delphi uh, and uh, Delphi. And I was doing a joint thing with Jim anyway, but as part of that corporate engineering team, that was one of my first glimpses into we were starting to evaluate startups and companies and tech companies that wanted to partner or sell their services or be a innovation partner with big corporations like GM and Delphi. And it was my job to vet them and my job to um, do due diligence on um, their backgrounds and what they did and, you know, looking at the company and seeing if it was legit and testing out their software and stuff like that. Um, I did that in a couple of different roles in a couple of different ways, um, both from 
big branded partnerships to tech partnerships to online partnerships to innovation partnerships. And I loved it. Um, but I was looking across the table at people who did this for a living and it just seemed like they were having more fun than I was. So, um, for me, um, once, uh, unfortunately that I was in the, I was at GM when some of their, their issues happened. I was, um, uh, affected by all of those things a couple of different times and some of the downturns with, uh, within the industry. And when that happened, I was, an opportunity presented itself to kind of do more formal work in the tech startup side of the world. And, um, I was able to jump ship and it was, it was a good fit for me. Um, and it was a good setup for me as a better fit for all of what I think are my skills <laughs> and the things that I did well, um, uh, the things that I did really well, it was a better fit for me to be on that side of the table. So those are the long been draws for me, like the faster pace um, of innovation and in, in tech startups, the faster pace of like, you know, high risk, high stress. I've always done that. Um, when I was in school, as I mentioned, I was working, and one of my earlier jobs was as a commodities trading analyst. And that was high tech and high, like uh, lots of computers, Reuters machines, all that kind of stuff, Bloomberg, Bloomberg, all that kind of stuff. Yep. Um, and I loved it. And I, I loved that pace and that, that energy and the adrenaline that came with it. And I kind of kept seeking that in different places. And I found it finally being on the, the, the tech, the tech startup side, um, cause it has all of those things. It's technology, it's people, it's strategy, it's relationships, but it is high risk and high anxiety and lots of, and you know, lots of adrenaline. And yeah. it kind of fits all my personality pieces. Okay. So let's back up a little bit. When you said early on in your in, in studying engineering and your early in your career, there were some things that you didn't like. Can you, can you kind of explain a little bit what that was? Cause it, I know it didn't fit your personality all the way. What, what were the things that were missing that you <laughs> wish that would have been there? Um, I think early on, one of the things that I, I saw from my role was that when we needed things to change, when we came up with a good idea or there was a good, you know, cool company that should have, you know, we could partner with, it was the length of time. Okay. Um, because these are large multinational corporations with, you know, dozens of layers and dozens of people who are controlling budgets and parts of budgets, um, they move slow. So I, I used to always call them the gentle giants. Yeah. They were the... the they, they were the beginning and the end of a lot of the um, manufacturing and innovation advancements of the world, but they are so huge that they don't, they did at the time they weren't moving very fast in the innovation space. And at the time um, I think it was something like 18 to 24 months or something like that for any changes or a new product to hit the market kind of thing. That's a long time to work on one specific product. And I really, the appeal to it, to see something all the way through like that, I, I needed something a little bit with more um, in, in instant gratification, as you say. Sure, sure. <laughs> I needed more of that. I needed to see. I needed to see the fruits of our labor a little bit faster. So that was part one. Part two was um, on the engineering side of the world. Um, there are a lot of cerebral people and thinkers, and I, I, I am one of those people, admittedly. Um, but I also was one of the people who had no problem, you know, putting together a PowerPoint and leading a team, or had no problem like like meeting people and, and kind of understanding where their point of view was from and like translating that to another team that's a different type of technology. I love that, that point of being interface and being the connector. But when I was in the engineering realm, uh, they really wanted people who were comfortable and able to be heads down in front of a cubicle, walls up kind of thing. And I'm, I'm the opposite. Um, okay. I like, I like the connection point. I like the learning. I like the, you know, let's innovate together kind of thing. And I think at that time in the industry, it was just a different feel and it was a different thought about what innovation meant and what a technology professional was. And for me, those, those things just didn't fit with me. Okay. So fast forwarding into the tech entrepreneurship space, what, what were some of the things I know you've had 
different experiences in different parts of the country. What what would, did you take, like, when you went out of sight, left Michigan, what were some of the experiences you had in, like, first starting out? Um, I did a couple of different things. I worked for, um, uh, what was that? It used to be Ameritech, then it was SBC, then it's something else now. I don't know what it is now. But um, I, we were doing network management. Um, and so we were some of the first voiceover IP, some of the first data packets, things like that. We were all deep into that and like launching that across the state of Michigan. My, my account was actually the state of Michigan account okay. um, and like figuring out like how do we set up these infrastructures for how information is going to be transferred on the internet, the new technologies that were built on top of that. Um, some of the early precursors to stuff that they do now with web analytics and, and tracking nodes on websites and things like that. Um, I worked for companies and, and we'll partner with companies that did that, got to see some of that when it was in its pitch pitch deck stages when they were like, wouldn't it be great if we had this thing that translated information and if we put it on every web page, people could see it. Um, so web analytics and, and the, I, I did that for several years, actually agency side, um, okay. looking at digital, digital and web analytics. Um, and then I also actually worked in advertising for several years. Um, so formal advertising, digital strategy, uh, mobile web, mobile apps, things like that. Like I did that for a while as well. So same kind of core skills, but just used in different different areas and different industries. Um, like I said, I started in commodities trading, um, did engineering for a stint, network management, um, digital analytics, um, and, and did some work at various spots in the venture in the venture venture capital space, and then now like large scale accelerators and tech startups and things like that. Oh, great! Now, so for those of you out there listening. Now, I will tell you this. Miss Monica Wheat is a living legend because she's just been so, the energy, you can feel it when you come in the room. I mean, it's just incredible to get to know her, to know who she is. And, you know, Monica, I really appreciate you for all the efforts that you have done and continue to do and push the envelope. So when it comes to the tech entrepreneurship space itself, what was your what was your experience in terms of like with startups and things like that and before you came back to Michigan? So one of the early early days, um, it wasn't before I came. It was kind of kind of like I left and was partnering with them a little bit. Okay. Um, so one of the earlier startups that um, I worked with was this group called Mini um, Accelerator. So they were um, they were out of based out of San Francisco. It was one of the first accelerators that was focused on underrepresented minorities. Um, and they um, it was started by a woman named Angela Benton. Um, and I've been a fan and followed her career for many many years. Um, and ended up working with her and her team. We launched um, this operations and process for what she was calling at the time pop-up accelerators in cities across the U.S. Right. And so that was like one of my earliest first looks at how the venture capital space kind of worked. Um, you know, her coming from SF. And then her goal was, was to bring like Silicon Valley level investors and insight and, and structure to like all these different cities and ecosystems. She's one of the pioneers, early pioneers. So it was very... Um, fortunate to have worked with her when we launched the first um, pop-up accelerator in Miami, actually, okay. um, years, years, years ago. Um, and that was pretty great. Um, we got to go into the city and, you know, really, we would assess all the different cities and kind of figure out what each city was missing. Was it, you know, what are their strengths and what was it missing? Was it technology? Was it ideas? Was it funding? Was it, you know, energy? Like, was it ecosystem? Was it corporate partners? Like what were those kind of core things and, and figure out which cities would be good candidates for a pop-up accelerator. Um, and, and Miami was the first one to welcome us and they were huge, huge population down there. Um, lots of underrepresented folks. They have a huge, obviously Latino pop Latinx population. Yeah. Um, 
and they also have a kind of a decent amount of money and funding. Um, but at the time, they were they were an emerging ecosystem, and they were figuring out pieces about how to apply that funding in in specific ways, like you know, in in the current venture models um, and things like that. So it was a lot of work like that of really digging in onto like what does it take to develop an ecosystem from scratch. Okay. I know other other ones that we worked with were um, Black Girls Code was one of the, another group that I worked with years ago. Um, they I helped uh, Kim do her very first uh, workshop. Well, I don't know if it was the very first, but it was one of her early ones workshops in Chicago. I think it was. Yeah. Um, and we, that was pretty amazing just to watch that and their focus is on teaching young black and brown girls how to code how to have access to coding and and tech education and i was super super pleased to get a chance to work with her as well because again had followed her work at the same um had reached out to her because um i was launching something similar in michigan and we wanted to see where we could possibly collaborate and ended up helping her um launch black girls code in chicago and then um we also brought it um the workshop series here to detroit as well um when i was with angela with the new me group that was the um one of their core partners with that was um andreessen horowitz which is a a16 um z which is a massive massive um venture fund and um their partner um so it came and actually sat with us and worked with us side by side in Miami, um, mentoring startups and like um, giving them feedback and like looking at their ideas and things like that. And I really got to, you know, sit shoulder to shoulder with some really amazing people who were doing this at the top scale. Um, but she had also brought like um, Eric Moore from Base Ventures and some other folks like that that were just amazing um, in their own right and had been doing this work for a while and were willing to come to the, the ecosystems that didn't have as much exposure and didn't have as much um, much build. And we were able to you know do this work together like building ecosystems. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was one of the early things that we did um, was my partnership with TechStars. I've worked with TechStars on since the uh, 2012, 2011, 2012, some, some early of those days. Um, Techstars is a venture fund in and of itself, and they have um, they, they have a venture fund. They have a, a large scale tech accelerator that's um, global, but they also have these things called Techstar startup programs in um, communities across the world. And um, they have um, a startup week program, which is a week long um, conference. They have um, startup at the time it's called Startup Next. Um, it rolled off and became a standalone thing called Startup Boost. Um, but which is their pre-accelerator, which is a six-week program that helps people get ready to go into their full-time, uh, a full-time accelerator. Um, and then like weekly digest of events like Startup um, Digest, and then like weekend events like weekend business hackathons, which are Startup Weekend. So I actually was one of the few people in the country to run all four of those for a city, for Detroit, okay. um, helping to feed all of those into our ecosystem and make sure that they were um had support, had sponsors, had volunteers, had, you know, space, um, had amazing speakers, had Google come in. Um, this is when Google Glass was real popular. We were one of the few locations that got to preview a demo of Google Glass early on. Things like wow. that were just some of these amazing partnerships that where people were willing to come in and like give up their time and energy first, even though like we weren't paying them to be there. They were there for the love of entrepreneurship and for the love of the, the tech innovation process and who were willing to come and, you know, help help and, and add um, exposure to all the um, Detroit entrepreneurs. And I've been the lead of Techstar Startup Programs for since way back when. Yeah. Um, and we built Detroit Startup Week with my partners um, up to t- last year was 12,000 people and 250 events over five days that were free, yes. um, all focused on entrepreneurship, ecosystem building, um, corporate partnerships, investment, things like that. 
Um, we rolled off Startup Boost, um, myself and some other co-founders, we rolled off Startup Boost um, to into it. It's a standalone, it's a global pre-accelerator in seven or eight cities globally um, where we do a six-week program where people get mass mentorship, um, access to a little bit over a million dollars worth of resources of free, you know, trials and, and server space and all that good stuff that helps them launch their companies. Okay. Um, so Startup Boost is something that we, we've run um, as a whole as well. Um, and then our team here, who's been working on like this stuff for several years, we um, had the idea to, to kind of formalize all this work that we're doing under all these brands and with all these partners and things like that. I had the idea to form a group called Venture Catalyst. Okay. And Venture Catalyst is our 501c3, um, and it allows us to provide infrastructure to all of this work. It's all volunteer-led. Um, nobody's getting paid. We didn't have salaries, things like that. But, yeah, we had all these expenses. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So oh, yeah. <laughs> we had uh, these crazy P&Ls for each program, and we were realizing they would be much more efficient if we organized them and operated them under one entity. Um, that was a 501c3 um, rather than um, trying to keep doing it from scratch each year when we were running these programs. Most of these are annual programs that are running year over year, but we would start from scratch each year to build them. Um, so we founded Venture Catalyst. Um, about 2016 is when I did the official work. 2018 is when we did the, some of the official paperwork. But we've been running Startup Week and Startup Boost and um, Startup Weekends and um, bringing in large-scale entities like uh, we're working on a, a, a um, doing some amazing stuff at TechCrunch this year. Um, we're working, we brought in Afrotech, which is the largest conference for um, African-American technologists in the country. Based in San Francisco, we were the first, um, com we were the first city that um, they ever had done the, the conference outside of the San Francisco in, and they did it in Detroit. And at the Venture Catalyst team brought that here. Um, we do partnerships and stuff with um those same large-scale groups, Ford and GM, we do design thinking challenges, um, things like that, helping them reimagine the um, Ford's new train station and all the, the cool kind of innovation partnerships and next-level um, manufacturing ideas and mobility and things like that. Um, was amazing to be able to do a design thinking challenge with them and look to, to the future of like what that collaboration could look like. So we are ecosystem builders. We do these kind of this work. Um, it's a passion project for most of us. Um, it's, it is definitely for me. Um, it's something that I definitely enjoy doing. Um, and our most recent large-scale partnership and something that I'm super proud to have been tapped to help um, bring here and to lead is um, Backstage Capital. Yes. Um, Backstage Capital is a um, tech accelerator. It's a venture fund based out of Los Angeles. But it is um, they, last year it started by Arlen Hamilton, another woman who's um, amazing work I follow and, and think is, is amazing, has been doing um, groundbreaking work in the venture and tech field for several years now. So she started back backstage a couple of years ago, but last fall they decided they were going to do a um, they were going to do a uh, accelerator, a global accelerator, and they chose three cities to start it with, which was Philadelphia, Los Angeles, and London. And at TechCrunch Disrupt, largest tech conference in the world, they decided they were going to launch a nationwide search for four cities that they were going to um, choose the city based on votes. Uh, and as soon as I heard that, I was watching it <laughs> live. As soon as I heard that, I was like, it's going to be Detroit. Yeah. And I, um, <laughs> I was, I tapped everybody I could think of did a whole campaign of like why everybody needed to vote for Detroit to bring this here and why it was such an amazing opportunity for us to kind of further help us with ecosystem building, but further kind of prove what we already knew about the talent and the tech and the people and the funding and the ideas that are here. Um, but we launched a, a, a pretty massive community campaign to vote on getting backstage capital here in Detroit as the fourth city. And we won last October. 
um, and we, we recruited, um, there were over 1,900 applications worldwide um, for the four cities for only 25 spots. Um, and then we got seven of those spots here in Detroit, and we have been hosting the Backstage Accelerator um, uh, in March, um, these past 12 weeks or so, and we're getting ready to do our final Investor Day and cohort celebration. I've just been working on that this afternoon. Um, but it's been a fun ride. I, I enjoy this work. I enjoy the people that I work with, and I enjoy um, where we're going next more so than anything because it's open-ended. Well, the one thing I'll tell you, I'll, again, I commend you for coming back home and, and being a champion for Detroit and, and all of the potential and the budding tech ecosystem and everything else. So uh, backing up a little bit, let's talk a little bit more about Detroit Startup Week because I know with yourself, Kyle Bozzi, um, you know, Colleen Geyer, a lot of people who really have plugged in from the beginning. And I can remember the first one and going to everyone since then, how it's grown and, you know, the passion, that you, <laughs> the passion that you all have to even do it, because, you know, like you said, you volunteer, you're not getting paid, but then you're looking at it like this is something that's necessary for our, our ecosystem. Can you tell the listeners a little bit about the great things, even from the first one? I mean, I, I already know, but I want you to say about how, what was the turnout like? What what happened? What, what, what was what was our turnout? <laughs> It was amazing. So our first year was 2016, and um, we they were tapped. It was funny that we. It's a, I don't know a better way to say it, but often in conversations, especially about tech and innovation, and especially early on, they don't say it so much anymore. But it used to be when we would be brought into the conversation, people would say, "Why Detroit? Like, why is Detroit in this conversation? Right. They're not a Chicago. They're not a this. They're not a that." They would say, "Why Detroit?" And we were like, why not be trying? That's right. Um, right. We, were, like, we have a massive, massive community here. And so in year one, we got a lot of those conversations. I had been working with Techstars for years. And even though we had started weekends and these other ones, I think there was just this, this outstanding question of why Detroit for this big startup week thing. Right. Um, but we were determined to do it. And um, our first year, we plotted on having 150 events. It's, a free, it's meant to be a free conference meant to be over five days. We plot on having 100, 100 events, I think, was our, our first goal. Right. I think we got 210 or something silly. <laughs> um, and it was a lot. And we, we they were all quality events. So we were like, you know what? We're going to make it happen. So right. we our, our team of volunteers is one of the most passionate, if not the most passionate, dedicated teams of folks I've seen in any of these ecosystems. Um, and they were determined that we were going to be have not only have this, but make it successful. Um, and we had, uh, I think a little under 4,000 people, like 36, 3,700 people, yeah. which made us the largest first year startup week program in the United States. Um, that was huge for us because they had been asking this question, why Detroit? And we were just like, we'll show you why Detroit. This exactly. is why. And that opened a lot of people's eyes to like, Hey, there's something going on here. There's this level of of people and participation and attendees and people who are trying to um, change the narrative of, of what's going on, but at the same time, take advantage of what we already know is here, which is we have this huge tech population. Um, a lot of it is offshoots from GM Ford and Chrysler, but all the OEMs have these OEM tier one level partnerships, which are also a lot of tech, a lot of tech trickles down through all of that, through IT, engineering, marketing, advertising strategy, all those kind of things, right. um, but all tech-based. Um, so we had a lot of tech talent, a lot of multinational corporations, um, but we also had this growing downtown that was like the young, the youth population and those who are willing to take risks and willing to think about like the world differently um, than the generations before us were hungry, for lack of a better term, and were passionate and had a ton of energy. And we knew 
where Detroit was funding-wise. So all of the folks who worked on it were willing to come in as volunteers and work to make this thing a real thing. Right. Um, but year one was magnificently magnificent. Um, we were live-streamed on CNN. Um, we had some, some I forgot, some crazy amount of 147 articles written about us and different various papers and blogs and things like that. Um, and then we, we had massive reach. We had um, – couple of big CEOs, Jamie Dimon, the um, CEO of uh, Chase came and, and, and graced the stage, um, Bill Ford, um, the chairman of, and, and one of the, uh, from the Ford family from Ford Motor Company came. There's tons of other people who just came through as far as like just helping feed us and help us, um, help people see the value of what we already knew was here. Um, so from then, it kind of was like a, a buzz that caught on of people who were more than willing and ready to jump in and help us um, execute. Sure. And more and will, more, more than willing and ready to like um, you know create opportunity because that's what it is. But those 100, 100 sessions we were plotting that turned into two hundred sessions um, were really all about like how do you you know it's, it's it's some of it is basics of like you know how do you what's a business plan what's a pitch deck those things but some of, a lot of it was high level you know I'm next level I need to do sales distribution channels I need to um, do marketing analytics I need to do um, corporate partnerships I need to get at, you know I'm looking to get acquired I need to have my finances in order um, it's free legal clinics it's um, you know free marketing help it's, it's office hours at Google it's um, it's all these kind of different like large scale partnerships where folks are coming in and being, you know, doing what it takes to build a community. Yeah. Um, but that passion has sustained us um, year over year, um, year two in 2017, we doubled. Um, we were at 6,000 plus. Um, and when we did that, we also found that um, across the board, uh, we, we, we had a high caliber of folks who were coming through, um, we also won uh, the most diverse startup week. Um, and that wasn't just diverse as far as race, um, but it was across gender, it was across age range, and it was also across stage of company. So we had all these kind of markers of having like the most diverse startup week. Um, in year two, we doubled, um, to like 6,000 plus and it was pretty massive. And, um, we were, we're pretty excited with, you know, continuing the trend. And again, for us, it wasn't about numbers. It was really about just impact. But um, we, it just so happened that our impact had great numbers, too. Um, and then year three, which was last year, we doubled again. <laughs> and we had over 12,000 people. Um, we had another 250 um, event, event um, program throughout the city. Um, we had um, Marcus Lamonis come. We had um, all these different names come from all these different companies. Um, and we had um, Chase as our sponsor the last three years. Uh, and they, they brought, they were bringing in folks, but they were also bringing like the Chase Mobile and like all this, like, you know, just ways for people to interact with funding and business credit and cards. And, um, we had Google, we had Amazon, we had Accenture all doing office hours on their products and their cloud servers and all the things that people need to run businesses. We had, um, rebrand Detroit launch with us a couple of years ago mm, and wow. they were working on, um, yeah, they, we were where they launched the rebrand Detroit um, initiative, which was, um, helping people, um, small business owners build websites and uh, army core of, you know, designers and web designers and developers building websites for small business owners in a partnership with WordPress yes. ran by a friend of mine, Hodge Fleming. Yes. Um, we just had all these large scale, great, amazing stories of, um, you know, people and entrepreneurs who were doing amazing things that were changing the very ground that we walked on. Um, last year we were super excited. Um, the Mac brothers, um, two young kids, they're eight and 10. I think they're nine and 11 now. Um, who had not one business to pitch at Startup Week, but two businesses that were profitable. 
Um, they came to Startup Week and pitched and actually pitched in front of Marcus Lemonis and got Marcus Lemonis to be one of their first customers. He bought like 10,000 um, copies of their um, of their book to kind of send out to different folks and some different things like that. Um, and then they've since went on. I think they're either I forgot, like year one, they're at 50,000 and now they're like six figures plus. And yes. Massive amounts of stories of entrepreneurs who are here being highlighted by the platform that we all built together um, with Startup Week, which is under the Venture Catalyst, um, which is under the Venture Catalyst uh, uh, roster. But the Startup Week is a huge, huge component of Detroit. We're actually excited because um, we are doing a global um, AMA with Techstars on June 12th. Um, which is the week before Startup Week this year, um, where we are going to talk about Startup Week as a catalyst for ecosystem building globally. It's a global AMA with all the tech stars, um, all the tech star cities are invited to. It's super exciting to be a part of that. It's called From Detroit to Dublin, How Startup Weeks Catalyze Ecosystems or something like that. Um, but they're citing Detroit because they see the work that we've done and they see the movement and the ability that we have to kind of make our ecosystem connect properly and then to make people have a chance to really um, work together and like bring out the best of ideas and the best of funding opportunities and the best of, you know, folks who are, you know, passionately working on um, creating um, the next level of business. That's most excellent. I am so proud of you all. I'm so happy because uh, I got my, I punched my ticket for year four. I'm already registered. I'm ready to roll. So, uh, (laughs) so we're going to be bigger and better. And it seems like as it grows, it, it, you know, it's an ecosystem in and of itself. But the beautiful thing about it, Monica, is this. People are taking notice. And it's really one of the major factors in people taking another glance at Detroit and saying, hey, I want to go there because they got that energy. They got that spirit. Mm-hmm. So, so it's, it's great that that that, that, we're, that it's growing and people, more people are become aware to it because um, it's just necessary. And I think because of so many years where we've had kind of like a drought, I would say, in terms of creativity and people wanting to get involved with things. And now here it is. This is a the prime catalyst for this to happen, and, and it's happening right before our very eyes, and it's it's something really beautiful to see. And um, yes, it is. Let me let me ask you this: so when it comes to let's let's switch gears a little bit to backstage capital. So for those of you out there mm-hmm. who don't know, for those of you out there listening that don't know, backstage capital is what's called an accelerator. An accelerator is a program designed to help support entrepreneurs and businesses as they grow and mature. So can you can can you for a brief few minutes give a highlight of some of the participants in the in Backstage Capital Detroit? Sure. Um, so we have seven companies. Um, they actually we the focus and the thesis of Backstage Capital is to invest in under what we call underestimated entrepreneurs. And so for us that is women, that is people of color, and people of the LGBTQ community. Um, and I think in particular. Our thesis is really focused like on high growth, high scale companies, but not any particular vertical. So we have tech companies, but we also have CPG companies. We have e-commerce companies. We also have um, the companies where they're focused on either hair or clothing, things like that. If they have high scale potential, we have we we were able to find some amazing diamonds um, in in a in a very very crowded, very competitive field. As I mentioned, there were 1,900 applications. We landed seven for Detroit, and uh, seven companies here are a mixture of tech and um, CPG and hardware actually as well. So um, we've been um, pretty, we've a pretty great team. So, uh, so of the companies, five of them are, um, well, actually six of them actually are here from Detroit um, and they are Detroit based companies. One of them is from LA. Um, they have ties here and they, they've come to accelerate with us for 12 weeks. But um, 
So one of the first ones is that uh, there's a company called Bippy. Um, so Bippy is one of those CPG companies. Um, they are brand new. They are, they are earliest. They are our earliest stage company. So Bippy is a subscription um, business that is focused on bamboo-based um, products for your butt. That's what they call themselves. Okay. Um, but it's really tree-free, tree-free, um, tree-free toilet paper, and they have a special. Um, uh, they have a special uh, custom foam that when you spray the foam on regular toilet paper, it turns it into a cleansing wipe. Um, and you can take that with you wherever. And they have a subscription-based service, amazing marketing, amazing team. Um, it's got a, a really, really um, phenomenal background in branding and um, across the board. Wow. I think one of those things that the Bippy team is, they, they are from LA and they're here accelerating, but um, they've found an immense community here, like everyone else does, of people, of founders and, and just ecosystem connects. Um, another one is CrowdFreak. Um, CrowdFreak is here. They're a Detroit-based company. Okay. They're a digital platform that focuses on up-and-coming artists with performance, giving them performance opportunities around the world. So they have um, digital showcases where artists can compete for spots to be the headliners or the, um, the opening act of like large-scale music acts. Um, but then they also have the, base, the ability to do direct, direct placements where you can just buy a spot using their digital platform to be a performing opening act for a, you know, a, a larger scale tour or conference um, concert or something like that. Okay. Um, so crowd, crowd freak where we're, um, they've been around for a while in Detroit um, doing amazing things. Another one of those ones that um, people didn't know was in Detroit and we're, we're, we're super proud of them. Another one is food stand Detroit based company. Um, they are uh, a behavioral modification app that is focused on gamifying um, behavioral modification surrounding about diet, but uh, things about your diet. Okay. So it's a visual interface, and you get to choose, like, I eat this, eat that, eat that, based on visual pictures and, and setting. But it also helps you track things like, say, especially from a B2B perspective, if you're a company and you're looking to um, – you know, track, you know, more water for the whole company for 30 days or less sugar or no fats or no red meats for the summer or whatever it may be. You can gamify it and do it together as a team using the food stand um, app. And they were actually recently acquired by a larger company, too, that's also in the area called um, Diet ID. Oh, great, um, great. And so they, they were just recently acquired, but they are still in the midst of um, fundraising and all those kind of things, as, as are all our other companies. Okay. Um, another one is Guildform. Um, Guildform used to be called Casting de Crisofia, which was a, a phenomenal name with a phenomenal background, but they recently rebranded to become Guildform. And Guildform is an on-demand 3D printing marketplace for designers, developers, and 3D printers. So it allows a, a designer who has an idea um, to come to take to upload a 3D um 3D um, focused design um, and then take it to a 3D printer and have it actually printed. And that's gold and silver jewelry, high end luxury um, goods. Wow. Um, or they can, if they don't have the design themselves, they can also use the marketplace to find a designer to design it for them and then upload the, upload the design to get it 3D printed. And they've done collections for Shinola and for um, Marvel's um, fully licensed Black Panther um, setup. And they've um, just recently did a collection for Vogue for the um, CDFA uh, for a CDFA um, program that they're a part of. So they are doing phenomenal work um, and, and actually redesigning the, the name of what manufacturing could be for Detroit. We, you know, being that Detroit is the home of innovation sure. and manufacturing, so they've done a lot. Um, another one is Healthy Roots. Um, Healthy Roots um, was actually um, a, a former Backstage 100 headliner, so they, they they got a previous investment from Backstage Capital, but they also joined the Accelerator as well. So Healthy Roots is an inclusive toy company. They are focused on creating dolls and storybooks that are really focused on 
reinforcing positive self-perceptions of okay. young girls uh, that have curly hair, natural hair. Um, the dolls have actual natural hair that the girls can play with. They have partnerships with um, large multinational brands that put real products in curl kits and things like that for the young girls to be able to play with their own hair, but then also to be able to do fun stuff with their dolls as well. Um, and Natural Licious, Natural Licious, um, she is, um, Gwen Jameer is the founder there, uh, for another Detroit company. Um, she has a patented, she's one of the first black women to have a patent for a natural hair care product. Um, she is one of the first, uh, this is a, a system that helps reduce um, what people are doing across the board as far as taking care of their natural hair. Um, I think one of the things that I like most about her is that She's a CPG company. She has a lot of um, she has a lot of focus across the board on um, reducing uh, the ability for people to spend a lot of time on their hair. But she's in large scale distribution deals already because she's proven it. Um, so she's in Sally Beauty, twelve hundred Sally Beauty. She's in um, Ulta. She's in um, Whole Foods. She's in all these like large scale places, and she's at two million dollars plus revenue. Um, Fantastic. And. Yeah, it's like she's doing fantastical work, and she has this, uh, you know, this IP. She has IP and a patent and things like that that are going to make it difficult to duplicate what she's doing and the system that she's created. And got some pushing twenty thousand folks who have um, who have made a strong, uh, you know, a strong following for her as far as a fan base. Okay. Um, and then last but not least is um, another Detroit-based company, which is Allergy. So Allergy is focused on what they call treatment times lifestyle. Um, they're a med tech. They're a hardware product that is focusing on a mobile uh, inge- an epinephrine injector that goes into your mobile phone case. Um, it allows you that if you're having um, an allergy attack, um, when you actually use your um, aller- your epinephrine um, that it will send an alert to your friends and family in your emergency circle to let them know that you're having an issue. Um, but they also have another side of their app that focuses on prevention, which is helping you understand the allergens and the ingredients of different foods that you might be interacting with ahead of time. Sure. Um, and they are in like phase three of five of their FDA trials and um, well north. They just closed it around not too long ago, um, but super, super competitive team that is, is doing great things and, and winning pitch competitions and um, getting a lot of partnerships along the way. So we have a pretty robust team yes. and um, I'm very proud of them. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, they've been doing, they've been putting in work majorly and um, we're, we're definitely looking forward to um, showcasing more of them out into the ecosystem and allowing them to um, allowing people and investors and business, business dev partners to get a chance to work with them and learn more about what they're doing. Well, these are companies that are changing the world and that's what tech is all about. I mean, you hear the, the, colloquialism the cliche but it's really happening here and i'm proud of everybody shout out to javier and gwen and all of the participants of backstage capital detroit because the they are indeed changing the world and so are you miss monica because of all of the great things you've done i mean look at what's happening in it's 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 the ecosystem is thriving and it's finally here the change that people have been dreaming about well young people like yourself are making it happen and old g's like me old, old geezers like me are really like <laughs> happy to see it in coming into fruition you know um now let's, let's get a little bit more personal with you what when you wake up every day you, you see what, what's on the horizon what inspires you every day to do the work you do okay I'm, it's gonna sound really weird but i'm super selfish okay okay <laughs> um I'm, I'm selfish because i love what I, this stuff makes me happy yeah um and i do what makes me happy and um it's it's really about me. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> but, but it's true. It's, um, it's something I go, I go for what, you know, what, what quenches my thirst for like knowledge and what quenches my ability to like 
be inquisitive and try different things and challenge myself and challenge those who are around me and who are my partners. Um, I like to see what we can do. I like to push us. Yeah. I, I thrive off of that adrenaline, but I also, I'll, I'll be a little hokey and be real and say, we have this like amazing family network of folks who are working on this together. Yes. And I am, I'm in awe that I get to work with the people that I get to work with. But um, as you mentioned, like Kyle Bazzi, who's one of my hardcore partners and has been for many years. And Amanda Luan, who's the founder of Bamboo. And yes. um, I've been a partner with for again, many years. Um, and Kelly Lapierre, they are the four core partners that yes. I started this with. Um, but then we also have our venture partners, which are like um, C- Katrina Turnbull, who, um, is my other um, partner in crime from a tech perspective. Who's with, we're a one-two punch every time people are talking about people, um, especially women, black women who are doing things in tech yes. um, in Detroit, yes. um, who works for Google. Um, Olivia Guterson, who is our, our new um, partner these last two years, who's been doing amazing, amazing work. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. She, um, helped us bring Afrotech um, last year with her passion that made that happen, um, her dedication. And then this year, she's taking the, the reins for Startup Week. So, super hyped to see her grow and to see her like just knock this out the park and just take everything to the next level. Yeah. Um, and then top Kateria, um, tops, um, tops has been my um, right hand for a couple of years now. I think he was, he's been with me since startup week year two. Yeah. Um, he's my second in command for backstage and, um, he's just doing amazing things. He has an, an I think unrestrainable energy. Um, and I think he has amazing potential for where he's going to go. And I think, our team, that's our core team from a venture catalyst perspective, but we work in the midst of like these amazing partners all around the city yes. um, and, and people who come in every time when we call them. And I say that every time when, I, when they tell me to get up there and speak and I'm like, well, it's not really me. Like I've, 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 I'm glad to be a part of it and to be the head of these things, but I could do none of this if it wasn't for the people who answer every time I call. Sure. Like when I call, they answer and they come and they give their time, and they give their expertise, and they give their mentorship, and they give their money and their checks, and um, they give us space, and they, um, you know, introduce us for folks and things like that. Like, if they didn't answer every time we called, none of this would be possible. So we're a good, solid community, and we're all very passionate. And I think for me, I've had a long career, and I can't tell them how many years right. my career, right. but I've had a long career, but I've worked with a lot of different people at a lot of different levels. And I just feel fortunate that I get to wake up and that these are the people that I'm getting to come in to work with and decide. Um, that's not, that's rare. And most people don't know that, but that's very rare that you get to, you know, work with people that you like and respect yes. who are doing the same thing that you love to do. Absolutely. And it's an easy motive. It's not that hard to be motivated with that. Oh, absolutely. And and it's nothing better than doing what you love doing. And the other 100%. thing, hundred percent. Now, before briefly, we had Kyle on the, on the show for his interview, and the one thing I know he talked about a lot about is like, similarly talking about people working together and us being a community and really, uh, you know, banding together. And he's been a serial entrepreneur himself. So, mm-hmm. when you look at yourself, Monica, did you did you ever envision yourself being an entrepreneur early on, or did you know it? Did you just kind of fall into it, or how did how did you come to be? I mean, was it like something you had a vision for, or you just was just doing it? funny that you mentioned that because I actually did um when I was really really young like some of my first like we we activated the neighborhood yeah. <laughs> when I was really really young um we had um we had summer we would we myself and a few friends we activated the neighborhood and created summer camps when I was like 12 wow um, 
Oh, we created summer camps and we, we, we had the entire neighborhood coming for summer camps. We would have a curriculum and we would like, you know, have contracts with the parents wow. and everything. And we had a whole bunch of fun doing it. When I was a teenager, um, myself and several of my teenage girlfriends, we created a citywide um, babysitting club. Okay. Um, we had um, formal training and we had formal marketing and, you know, team meetings and all that kind of stuff. And we were all throughout the city making really nice money um, for several years. Um, we had activated phone trees, all this kind of really fun stuff. But I remember those. I remember those things. Where that's always been something of creating something from nothing. That's always been a part of it. But I didn't know at the time what that was. I didn't call myself an entrepreneur. I just thought it was a cool idea. Right. Um, but it's always been a part of, you know, this work. I myself, I've been a part of either as a principal or as a co-founder of probably at least a half dozen different startups in different spaces. Yeah. From anything from tech ed to um, a couple of apps and to a couple of different things. And some have had some success, some some have not. And that's part of the process of being an entrepreneur. But I, I never really started using that terminology until after college, honestly. Okay. Um, it just kind of reshaped what I was doing in a different way because um, – I was told smart girls go to college and smart girls become engineers and doctors. That's what smart girls do. Right. Um, it wasn't something that was ever taught to me as, as an option. It's just something I kind of realized I was after the fact. Okay. Okay. So in, in that whole space right there, what would, what, what kind of advice would you give someone that's thinking about stepping into, into leadership or, and or entrepreneurship? <laughs> I'll tell you very plainly, this is not for the faint of heart. I know everybody says that, but I need you all to know this and believe it and breathe it. Um, this is not for the pain of the heart. Um, entrepreneurship is all risk. Um, and the, the, the best quote I can say is that every day is either the worst day of your life or the best day of your life. And that's right. literally every day. Right. Um, every day, like, it's going phenomenally, and then it's going horribly. And it's the turn of a dime on which day, it's a flip of a coin on which day you're going to have. Um, some days partnerships are phenomenal and some days, you know, they're all crashing down and, you know, you're wondering about payroll. Um, some days like you're having phenomenal meetings. You think you found your sales pipeline and everything's going good. Other days you're, you're determining whether you're going to get rid of your car and can you keep your house and things like that. Right. This is not for the faint of heart. It's very high risk and you've got to be able to roll with all those punches if you're going to be successful in this space. Sure. But it is also very fulfilling. Um, there's a freedom in this work that I have found nowhere else. Um, and the upside of this work actually is also something that I've not matched anywhere else either, because you can create from nothing an entire company and become a millionaire, which is everybody's background dream. We all want to do good along the way, but in the background, everyone would love to do this, you know, and, and that's the ultimate success, right? Yep. And, or if it's not millionaire, then it's like about not so much the money, but just about like you want to employ a hundred people. Yeah. So maybe it's not really about the value of your bank balance, but it's like you want a large entity in your head. Right. You want these large, you want that, that, that level of achievement, um, achievement unlocked, as they say. Um, but it takes a lot to get there. And the whole point is like along the way, there is no structure. There is no setup. There is no, um, there's nobody checking and balance, checking your balances. You're the one who's doing the checks and the balances. You're the one who's creating the structure. Yep. You're the one who's rolling with the punches. And a lot of people don't get it. It becomes glamorized. They see shows like Shark Tank and things like that. And they are enamored with what they think is what entrepreneurship is. But really it's a lot of days of like looking at the drawing board and starting all over. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And, and really it's a lot of days of like a lot of really long nights. And, you know, I tell people all the time, like I used to work jobs where I worked 80 hours, you know, 80 
sometimes even a hundred hours. Yeah. Um, I've still worked those hours, but I do them 10 times more happily. Um, like it's a different type of energy that, that that you pull from when you're doing work on your own. It's just a completely different type of energy. Oh, definitely. Most definitely. And, um, in terms of like, let's, uh, change the subject a little bit into Detroit itself. So you've been a, a major integral part in, as far as being a player in the development of what you I sh- sh- should say resurgence of the Detroit tech ecosystem. Where, where did you, do you see it? You know, what's your take on it now? Where do you see it going in the future? Um, I think a lot of things are opening up right now. One thing that I talk about a lot is that, we are an ecosystem that was built on very few resources and a lot of passion and a lot of power. We have a ton of resources now um, as people are trying to balance the playing field and make things possible. Yeah. Um, but one thing I, I do make sure that we talk about a lot now is just that we're building these businesses and these businesses are thriving and building themselves in the era of Detroit as an emerging ecosystem. As an emerging ecosystem, we have tons of programs that are free, that are, you know, here's free space, here's free marketing, here's free legal, here's, um, you know, a mentor, here's a this, here's a that, that don't incur any cost. And I want us to be thinking of the future of like, what happens when those resources dry up? Um, Where is our ecosystem when people have to create businesses and make them sustainable on their own merits? And like, are we building people who have that skill set, or and, and are we making sure that we're giving them that skill set so that they can thrive even when there aren't like tons of nonprofits and foundations and things like that in the area, um, you know, helping with resources. Yeah. But the thing that I see for Detroit in particular is is, is companies like Guildform. Like I see them, um, and like allergy to like a lot of extent too. Like there's we have a play in manufacturing and hardware and high tech. Um, that is unparalleled. But we also have a ton, ton, ton of people who are doing stuff in the social entrepreneurship space. We have a ton of people who are doing things in the med tech and health and um, biotech space um, that are huge, um, especially out, like, uh, our sister city, Ann Arbor, and some other places like that. They have a, a large movement of what they're doing in the health and, bi- and med tech space. And when you combine that with what's going on down here, um, there's just this open-ended opportunity, lots of stuff. People say it all the time as a buzzword, but it is it is beyond past time where we will continue to, to grow and be the leaders from a mobility standpoint. Sure. I think of like May Mobility and Allison, uh, Allison and her team, um, looking at people who are doing work like that and knowing that we will be the hub for that and we will set the standard for that worldwide and just wondering what that will be in the future. Things like that I'm, I'm super excited about. And then for me personally, um, I am excited and things in AI space. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm loving things in the artificial intelligence space and trying to figure out how to harness some of that. And especially like longer term down the road, how do we harness some of that so that um, some of those decisions are um, from the AI per- perspective are applied to manufacturing and building things. Um, and then also how do we train workers so that workers who currently are the manual builders of things um, can become, you know, potentially uh, purveyors of the AI skill set and, and those kind of things so that they can work in that space instead. Um, just looking at like just the ways that we're going to shift the market and shift where people's skill sets come from and things like that are all key. Sure, sure. And so for our listeners out there who are looking at being involved in our ecosystem and, and thinking about, you know, that maybe on the fence about how to get involved, what what advice would you give them to to get them inspired to be involved in our ecosystem? A couple things. Uh, one thing we tell people is like, if you look at the ecosystem, there's a couple of entry points. Detroit Startup Week is a huge entry point. It's free. It's open. You're going to see tons and tons of topics across the board. And like I said, how to have a business, 
business plan marketing, but also advanced stuff. Like we call them, we, we work for both the startups, as we say, and the bin-ups. Um, companies that have been here for 10, 12, 20 years running businesses in Detroit, um, we have a whole slate of programming for them as well. Um, so Startup Week is open. It's free. It's, there's no there's no barrier to um, uh, there's no barrier for us to, to you know to get in there. Um, Startup Week is an easy one, but that's once a year. That's June 17th through 21st in DetroitStartupWeek.com. Go on there, sign up, go to all that kind of free stuff. Get all those connects. There's networking. There's demo days where they're giving away $1.2 million. There's other competitions. Um, there's, like I said, free legal clinics, free marketing clinics, free Google clinics, free um, clinics for Amazon and Accenture and all these different folks. Um, so that's one way. Another way is something that we do from the Venture Catalyst team at Bamboo Monthly. Um, I think it's the first Thursday of each month. They have what we call Startup Detroit Pitches. Um, and they're open pitching um, two or three companies, sometimes four um, companies will sign up to pitch and they come and pitch to an audience of, you know, 30 or 40 or so um, folks who are also entrepreneurs and founders in the space. Um, they're giving feedback, they're giving connections, they're saying, did you try this? Did you think of this? Can you go here? This person's investing in this. You might want to talk to them. Um, and it's just open. It's meant to build community. It's meant to be a starting point for people to go as, as, a, as, a, as a level one. Um, then you get into more um, programs, which we do across the some that we do, and there's some that our partners do. There's the Build Institute. Um, Build Institute has a, a, a plethora of classes that take people from idea to innovation. As, as um, they're taking it like, okay, now I have this business. They they have a, a strong focus and track record with people within the physical product space. Yes. Um, and then uh, we we refer people to them all the time, and they refer people to us, especially people who's taking their products to a certain level and that, then want to scale it. Um, our, another strong partner of ours has been for a long time is TechTown Detroit. Right. TechTown has their retail boot camps, and they've got a couple of accelerators. They're housing the G-Beta Accelerator. Um, they have both pre and post. Um, they have funding and grant opportunities, co-working space, things like that. Um, Bamboo Detroit. Um, Bamboo Detroit has a full slate of free programming on a weekly basis across everything that you could think of, from nonprofits to for-profits to sales to business development to, to, to techies, things like that. Sure. Um, if you the other side, if you're on Grand Circus, Grand Circus is a group, another partner of ours. Grand Circus is a um, three-floor tech education space, um, kitty corner to, to um, Bamboo, which teaches people from scratch. They have free um, intro to coding nights, and then you can also sign up for scholarships and things like that for their longer-term, more formal um, coding boot camps, which will teach you from the beginning how to either create a career in coding or develop an app on your own to become an entrepreneur. Right. Um, then you have more formal accelerators like Techstars. Um, and like uh, Techstars is a full global um, accelerator. They just rebranded themselves from Techstars Mobility to becoming Techstars Detroit so that they can encompass other types of technology at, at a wider pace. Great, great, got, great. They have mobility, AI, a little bit of everything in there now, AR, all the kind of different um, tech types. They're looking for those, and I think they, they, they have other options in there as well. And then obviously there's groups like um, Backstage Capital and the Desai Accelerator and, and things like that, which are, again, Simulated Techstars full-scale accelerators, 12 weeks. You're getting, you know, X amount of investment with Backstage. It's a $100,000 investment for 5% of equity. Um, Techstars has similar terms. Um, some of these other ones have similar terms. Um, we're, we're taking it to the next level. Then 
if you're accelerated, you can go to the next level with groups like um, Endeavor. Yeah. Um, Endeavor is for high scale, high growth entrepreneurs who are well on their way, you know, seven figures and things like that, um, and are developing businesses and, and large scale distribution strategies. So we have something at every step of our ecosystem where people can find information and find ways to get hooked, get sure. more information, or help their company at whatever level it's at. And yeah, it's, it's so many things that. For all of you listening, there there are many ways to get involved. There's not just one. It's just like the entrepreneurship concept. There's no one right way to do it. You just got to do it. Now, speaking of Bamboo Detroit, you mentioned them. How did you get involved with, with the group? I don't even remember. <laughs> <laughs> I've known them for so long. <laughs> um, one of the things that uh, I said across the board, uh, Bamboo, they're in their new location now, but I've been friends with Amanda and the team here since they were in their old, actually before their old location opened. Um, we've been, we've been friends and partnering on events and things like that. So, um, it's just, we, we were all ecosystem developers at the early stages. And, um, it's one of those things where I, I know across the board, um, we just had similar passions and similar, we were similarly aligned. So we became friends years ago. We were trying to actually trace that back the other day and we couldn't figure out when we all met. Right. Um, it's, been a, it's been a while. We've, we've all been here since the early, since the earlier days. I, I myself was here, um, in the way early days, but I, I remember meeting Amanda and um, her fiance, Mark and, um, the other bamboo partners, Mike and, um, used to be Brian and um, a few other folks. I remember meeting them in, about five or six years into uh, maybe a little bit later, but five or six years into my own journey, right. and we've been working together at least eight years now. I don't know; it's been a while. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but we're excited. We, we've been long-term partners, but we're we're also um, friends, and we we are we're ecosystem builders together. And that's how we do it in Detroit, folks. We are friends, and we're colleagues, <laughs> and business partners, and everything else mashed all together. And it's just a great synergy, great energy. Uh, when I first started getting involved with Bamboo and I started going to Detroit Startup, we got felt the energy with everybody. And it was just it's just infectious. Yes. And when you, <laughs> if, you, if you guys, if anyone out there listening is from outside of this area and you come to visit, please come and visit us and see what's going on. Um, like we say, Detroit Startup Week this year is coming up June 17th through the 21st. It's a week long of great activity nonstop, you know, any workshop you want to, even if you don't have a tech business, if you just have a business, still come out because there's been mm -hmm. presentations on, from artistry to organize your business to obviously tech, human resources, all kind of different things, all kind of different, just walk walks of life. Many people from different areas of the state. I mean, it's like, it's like a convergence of all the great people in our state of Michigan coming right here in Detroit. So listen, Monica, we're going to wrap up in a few minutes, but before we go, do you have some contact information you'd like to share with the audience? Uh, sure. Um, the easiest way to find out a lot of what we're doing is Venture Catalyst. So it's V-E-N-T-U-R-E-C-A-T-A-L-Y-S-T-S dot C-O. There's no M at the end. It's just dot C-O. Um, Venture Catalyst has a ton of information about all the projects that we're a part of. Um, and then um, Detroit Startup Week, which is, I think, an easy opening spot for a lot of things, is just Detroit um, startupweek.com um, and I think those are the easiest ways we're, we're on Facebook and Instagram with both of those and that's where a lot of our um, information is and just a ton of the way that we are interacting with folks um, is, is, is in those initial places but we'd love to hear from you and, and connect you as best we can so folks listening again we'll repeat that in, in a second but just make sure you register for the Detroit Startup Week if you're in your area if you want to come come visit us we got the door open wide open for you 
So with that being said, thank you, Miss Monica Wheat, for this wonderful time and wonderful information you've shared about yourself and your journey and all of your accomplishments. I really appreciate you being on the show. No, thank you for having me. It was my pleasure. Well, that's it, folks. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to The Doers Network, where actives grow and thrive. Thank you all for tuning in to this latest episode of The Doers Network featuring Miss Monica Wheat. For more information, you can go to Venture Catalysts. To see what Venture Catalyst is all about, you can go to V-E-N-T-U-R-E-C-A-T-A-L-Y-S-T-S dot C-O. Again, that's VentureCatalysts.co. Coming up very shortly is Detroit Startup Week. Running from June 17th through the 21st, a week long full of activities for entrepreneurs, techies, and other people who are interested in starting a business or finding out more about how to start a business. For more information, you can go to DetroitStartupWeek.com. And also you can register on Eventbrite as well as on DetroitStartupWeek.com. You can also RSVP for all the activities going on during that week. So please register today as you hear this podcast. If you're in town, if you're here in Detroit already, please register today so you can partake in all the wonderful events. This podcast is produced and brought to you by Bamboo Detroit, located in the heart of downtown Detroit. Bamboo Detroit specializes in co-working space and amenities for entrepreneurs and forward thinkers. Bamboo Detroit, where we do more together because Detroit is for doers. If you would like to support our podcast, you can become a sponsor of the Doers Network. We have gold, silver, and bronze packages available. If you have a business you would like to promote, you'll be able to reach over 10,000 listeners around the world each month at your fingertips. So if you want to reach our audience of founders, CEOs, innovators, and leaders, become a sponsor today. For more information, email us at info at bamboodetroit.com. We appreciate your support by subscribing to our podcast right here on The Doers Network. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to The Doers Podcast, where actives grow and thrive. The Doers Podcast is produced by Bamboo Detroit Network. For more information, visit us at bamboodetroit.com.